please be aware that the comments, views, opinions shared on this podcast are not meant to diagnose a medical problem and or legal problem. If you do have a medical problem or legal problem, kindly contact a professional. Welcome to An Apple A Day, a podcast, a resource, a community. Share your experiences and learn from others as we overcome barriers and learn to live a happy, healthy life with a disability. Welcome to the community. Here's your host, Jimmy Apple. Welcome to another episode of An Apple A Day. I'm your host, Jimmy Apple. How you doing today, my friends? Hey, before we start, I just want to remind you, An Apple A Day is brought to you by www.famousapple.com. Famousapple.com is the home site for this podcast, and there you're going to find articles about topics we discuss. You're going to find access to our Facebook page. You're going to find access to our free message boards, our free chat rooms. you find out how to hit us up on Twitter. You'll find access to the companies that sponsor us. So you got a minute, go over there, check us out. I think you'll enjoy the, enjoy the site. Hey, how you doing? Are you doing everything you're supposed to be doing? Did you have a good week? This cold, the, the cold that has taken over this country, man, alive. Negative numbers all across the country, except Florida. You know what? <laughs> I got a call from a friend of mine in Florida. He asked me, he says, Are you going swimming? Now I'm in New York, and uh, it was like negative 30. Am I going swimming? I hope an alligator shits in your shoe. <laughs> Anywho, anyhow, uh, we have a good one for you today. A real good one for you. Uh, We got a study on a natural painkiller that's right in your house. The Probably the best painkiller that's right in your house. Also, I got a study on pot, weed, marijuana, whatever you want to call it. You know, everybody's, everybody's talking about it. Everybody wants to legalize it. Everybody wants to smoke it. Bunch of hypocrites, if you ask me. You know, they're all for, get rid of cigarettes. No smoking cigarettes. I don't want secondhand smoke. Now, smoking pot, that's okay. I guess everybody wants that contact high, but... I got some information on pot that I think you're gonna wanna you're gonna wanna know about, and well, maybe you know you don't wanna know about it, but I got it for you here. And well, let's just jump into it. First things first, though. You know, last time I told you about a fella that came to my house for a birthday party for my nephew, and his name was Mike, and he was one of these guys that were always, you know, his disease. He was disabled, and supposedly, supposedly. Doctors told him that he had to have a surgery and that they're going to call him two hours before the surgery so he can go around and say his goodbyes to everybody that's near and dear to him. And still today, when I when I think about that, I laugh. You know, here's a guy that's, you know, I always say, don't exaggerate your disability. Don't exaggerate it. This guy here, he's not only exaggerating it, he's blowing it up. He's telling people how, you know, he's he's muscling through it and he doesn't give a damn and he's facing it head on and his disease is so bad. And then you ask him, well, what's your disease? And he really can't tell you what his disease is. In other words, he's full of crap. Well, I want to just tell you, I ran into him this past weekend and 
<laughs> all of a sudden, you know, he's he's out there and he doesn't seem too worried anymore about having surgery. As a matter of fact, when you ask him about it, it was like uh, I woke something up in him. It was like, oh, 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 yeah, no, no, they haven't told me anything about it yet. And I'm like, well, I thought this, you know, they were going to call you two hours ahead of time. And I really stuck it to him because I don't like, I don't like, uh, uh, how do you say it without being nasty? Bullshit artists. <laughs> okay. I don't like liars. And, uh, he just said, no, 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 uh, you know, they, they, they're trying some, uh, something else on him. And I was like, oh, yeah, what are they trying? And he couldn't come up with an answer. And I kept on pushing for like about 10, 15 minutes until finally I said, it's not fun anymore. So now I noticed, though, since the last time I seen him, he now has a girlfriend. He now has uh, some money. I don't know where he got it from. And, well, I do know where he got it from. He inherited it from a stepfather that he hated. And he doesn't have those problems that he had back then. You know, he was he was trying to make people feel bad for him because he had other problems. And I don't know. It, it's just so sad. It's so sad. But now he's put it on the back burner. So he makes himself look like an ass. And that's what I was saying back then. Don't exaggerate your problems because the only one that you're fooling is yourself. People look at you and they laugh at you. You know, it's just sad. That's the only thing I can say about it. And when I seen him, now all of a sudden, you know, the guy that was falling apart, that was dying, that was, you were supposed to feel bad for him at the time. You were supposed to help him upstairs. Now he's running up the stairs. Now him and his girlfriend are going out to concerts and they're going high. Hiking and they're going here and they're going there. This is the classic example of a fake, a fraud, and a phony. Now, I know he's had some surgeries on his legs. I've seen the scars myself. But to what degree, I don't know. But to listen to him talk, <laughs> he's just a fraud. He's a fraud. And you know what, my friends? You don't ever want people to think of you like that. Don't exaggerate. Your, your injuries are bad enough. Like I've always said, I don't ever want people to look at me and say, oh, there's the guy in the wheelchair. I want them to look at me and say, hey, there's Jimmy. I don't want them to feel bad for me for, for my conditions. I don't, want, I don't want anyone to ever look at me and define me by my disability. Don't let people define you by your disability. You are much more than that. Don't look for people to define you by your disability. And like I always say, remember, things can always be worse. I know Mike there. Mikey boy, you're a bullshit artist, and people know it. And this just proves it. I mean, they knew it when you were telling the stories. I mean, what doctor tells you they're going to call you in two hours and go make amends with everybody? No doctor tells you that. This isn't a lifetime movie. Life isn't a lifetime movie. <laughs> yeah. If you need a sur if you needed surgery that bad, you would have been in the hospital. You know, do you think people actually believe you? Don't lie about it. Just, if people want to know, if you want to tell people about your disability, tell them the truth. Don't exaggerate it. It's bad enough the way it is. Don't make people look at you and go, he's a fake. He's a fraud. Because Mikey there, Mikey's a fake and Mikey's a fraud in my book. Anyhow, I just wanted to bring up that update there. Well, we got a good one for you. And let's get started. I remember when I first got hurt, I had a problem sleeping. I couldn't get comfortable. Even in the hospital, I just couldn't get comfortable. And I'd sit up all, to all hours watching TV. And, you know, after I did finally fall asleep, I, I, I might have gotten four hours sleep. And the next day, I'm, 
oh, I was in so much pain. And the whole day went through the same way again. And come nighttime, I couldn't fall asleep. And here I am watching TV again till all hours. And it became like a regular ritual. Well, I found this study on Medical News Today. And I want to pass this along. The title of the study is Why Sleep is the Best Painkiller. It says... New research published in the Journal of Neuroscience finds that sleep deprivation increases sensitivity to pain by numbing the brain's pain-killing response. One in three adults in the United States, or 35% of the adult population, do not get enough sleep. The effects of sleep deprivation on the brain are numerous, from inducing an inebriation-like state of cognitive impairment to hindering our ability to learn and form new memories. New research highlights another neurological effect of insufficient sleep, heightened sensitivity to pain. A lack of sleep impairs the brain's natural mechanisms for relieving pain finds the new study, which draws attention to potential links between the public health crisis of sleep deprivation, chronic pain, and prescription opioid addiction. In the U.S., over 20% of the population, or around 50 million adults, are living with chronic pain, according to recent estimates. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, report that on average, 130 people in the U.S. die from an opioid overdose every day. Matthew Walker, a professor of neuroscience and psychology at the University of California in Berkeley, carried out the study together with doctoral candidate Adam Krauss. How sleep loss affects pain sensitivity. Walker and Krauss induced pain in 24 healthy young study participants by applying heat to their legs. As they were doing so, the scientists scanned the participants' brains examining the circuits that process pain. The participants did not have any problems sleeping or any pain-related disorders at the beginning of the study. The scientists started by recording each participant's pain threshold at the, after a good night's sleep by scanning their brain with a functional MRI machine while applying increasing levels of heat to the patient's skin. Once the scientists had established the person's pain threshold, they repeated the procedure after a night of no sleep. Across the group, Participants were feeling discomfort at lower temperatures, which shows that their own sensitivity to pain had increased after inadequate sleep, reports Krauss, the study's lead author. The injury is the same, he explains, but the difference is how the brain assesses the pain without sufficient sleep. The researchers found that the brain's somatosensory cortex, a region associated with pain sensitivity, was hyperactive when the participants hadn't slept enough. This confirmed the hypothesis that sleep deprivation would interfere with pain processing neural circuits. However, a surprising finding was the activity in the brain's nucleus accumbens was lower than usual after a sleepless night. The nucleus accumbens releases the neurotransmitter dopamine, which increases pleasure and relieves pain. Sleep loss not only amplifies the pain-sensing regions in the brain, but blocks the natural analgesia centers too, explains Professor Walker. Finally, the researchers found that the brain's insula, which assesses pain and signals and prepares the body's reaction to pain, was also underactive. This is a critical neural system that assesses and categorizes pain signals and allows the body's own natural painkillers to come to the rescue, notes Krauss. Sleep 
is a natural analgesic. To replicate their findings, the researchers also conducted a survey of over 230 adults who were registered in Amazon's Mechanical Turk online marketplace. The participants reported their sleep patterns and pain sensitivity levels over several days. The scientists found that the smallest changes in the participants' sleep patterns correlated with changes in pain sensitivity. The results clearly show that even very subtle changes in nightly sleep, reductions that many of us think little of in terms of consequences, have a clear impact on your next day's pain burden, Krauss says. Walker comments on the findings, noting the optimistic takeaway here is that sleep is a natural analgesic that can help manage and lower pain. Yet, ironically, one environment where people are in the most pain is the worst place for sleep. That's the noisy hospital ward. Our findings suggest that patient care would be markedly improved and hospital beds would be cleared sooner if uninterrupted sleep was embraced as an integral component of healthcare management. Now, there you have it. That's why doctors tell you to get sleep and get rest. You know, it helps with the with the pain. It helps take care of the pain. So I would rather sleep to be honest with you, and take another pill. I hate taking pain pills. I despise it. I hate the feeling that they give me. And you know, like drinking, you know, people say you can't drink your troubles away. And it's the truth. You go out, you drink, you forget about your problems for a couple of hours, and then you sober up and the problems are there again. It's the same thing with pain pills. Pain pills don't take your pain away. They just mask them for a while. So I would rather try sleeping my pain away. That's just me. All right, we're going to take a quick break here. On the other side, this is what I think some people are waiting for. We're going to talk about marijuana, Mary Jane, pot, reefer, weed, blunts, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. We're going to talk about it. So we'll be back in 30 seconds. Make sure you have your ring dings and your bag of potato chips and your sunglasses ready. Okay, I'll see you on the other side. An Apple a Day is brought to you by www.famousapple.com. FamousApple.com is the home site for this podcast. And there you're going to find connections to our Facebook page, our Twitter page. You're going to find connections to our private chat board, our private chat rooms. You're also going to find that we're sponsored now by As Seen on TV. And there's a lot of products displayed on the page for you to check out. So you get a minute, go over there, check out www.famousapple.com. Tell your friends about us. But don't go until we finish the conversation. Let's get back to it. And we're back. Okay. That wasn't too long. All right. I hope you got your ring dings and your chips. Got those sunshades on. Let's get started here. One of the things that bother me nowadays is the legalization of marijuana. I'm sorry. I don't agree with it. I know a lot of people do. I just don't. I grew up in an age when we used to sneak around and you go to the corner store and you'd buy a nickel bag and you'd roll up a couple of joints and you get stoned. All right. I'm admitting that. But legalizing it makes absolutely no sense, especially in this day and age when people are so health conscious and they're running around like maniacs trying to outlaw no smoking, no cigarette smoking, no secondhand smoke. What 
the hell do you think you're going to get when someone's smoking a joint around? You're going to get a contact high. But people think, oh, marijuana is harmless. I've been saying right along, no, it's not. Marijuana is not harmless. And you remember when we were kids, remember that movie? Reefer Madness and how it drives you insane. Okay, maybe that was overboard just a bit. But remember our parents and the government and the police and everybody? It's a gateway drug and we all knew better. We said, no, it's not. No, it's not. You can quit anytime you want. Well, now there's a study done on it. There's a study done on what to know about marijuana and withdrawal from using marijuana. And it's in medical news today, so I have this study here. So let's just jump right into it. It says what to know about marijuana and withdrawal. Whether they use marijuana for recreational or medicinal purposes, people can develop withdrawal symptoms when they stop using it. Marijuana or cannabis is the most commonly used illicit drug in the United States, according to the CDC. In recent years, more states have legalized the recreational and medicinal use of marijuana. However, based on a 2018 survey from Washington State, legalization does not seem to have significantly increased marijuana use. That said, marijuana use has been gaining a lot of attention. There are some misconceptions about whether people can become addicted to marijuana. The truth is that it is possible to become dependent on or even addicted to marijuana with regular use. Over 300,000 people begin treatment for marijuana use disorders in the U.S. each year. Research from 2012 suggests that 30.6% of those who use marijuana had marijuana use disorder in 2012-2013. This article will explore how and why a person can develop withdrawal symptoms from marijuana as well as how to treat them. Withdrawal symptoms. People who use marijuana regularly and then stop abruptly can experience some withdrawal symptoms. While many people use marijuana without experiencing withdrawal effects, regular marijuana use can develop into marijuana use disorder. In severe cases, this can take the form of an addiction. Experts define addiction as continued marijuana use despite negative consequences in a personal life, such as issues relating to their family, job, or relationship. Marijuana withdrawal symptoms peak within the first two weeks of quitting and can last up to two more weeks. Symptoms of marijuana withdrawal can include irritability, difficulty sleeping, decreased appetite, restlessness, cravings for marijuana, nausea, abdominal pain. Some research suggests that women may experience a greater number of withdrawal symptoms of higher intensity when compared with men. However, more research is needed. Why does marijuana cause withdrawal symptoms? Marijuana is the name for the dried extracts from the plant Cannabis Sativa. The plant contains Delta 9 THC, which is the substance that causes psychoactive effects associated with marijuana use. THC defines the potency of marijuana. The more THC the marijuana contains, the greater the effect of marijuana on the brain. Using marijuana regularly means that the brain and body get used to regular supply of THC. When the supply is stopped, the body takes some time to adjust to not having it. This causes uncomfortable physical and psychological withdrawal symptoms. Once the brain and the body have adjusted to not have 
having THC, the physical withdrawal symptoms will stop. People may still experience psychological cravings for marijuana for some time, however. Over the years, based on samples of confiscated marijuana, potency has steadily increased. The THC content has risen from around 3.8% in the 1990s to 12.2% in 2014. This indicates that the current effects of marijuana, including withdrawal, may be more extreme compared to, with their effects in previous decades. The mood difficulties and physical discomfort of withdrawal peak in the first week of quitting and can last up to two weeks. Though the physical effects of marijuana withdrawal will stop after the drug has left the person's system, the psychological symptoms can last longer. Research states that brain receptors called cannabinoid 1 receptors start to return to normal after two days without marijuana and they regain normal functioning within four weeks of stopping the drug. People may feel cravings for marijuana after they have stopped using it, especially in contexts and settings where they are used to using marijuana. Where to look for help? Each year in the U.S., over 300,000 people enter treatment for marijuana use disorders. There are many places that people can go for support to get help and stop using marijuana and to cope with the withdrawal symptoms. People in the U.S. can call Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration's National Helpline at 1-800-662-HELP. That's 1-800-662-4357. They offer free confidential 24-7 helpline for people facing mental health and substance abuse problems. People can also speak to their doctor or a local health clinic about marijuana withdrawal. Specialists can recommend local resources including detoxification centers and support groups that people can use. According to some sources, the average adult who seeks treatment for marijuana use disorder has used marijuana nearly daily for the past 10 years and has tried to quit at least six times. Treating marijuana withdrawal. The type of treatment may depend on whether or not the person has any comorbid disorders such as psychiatric problems or addiction to other substances. Some current treatment options include rehabilitation or detoxification centers. Though many people will not need to use an inpatient rehabilitation service, people with severe marijuana use disorder or poor social functioning or comorbid psychiatric disorders can benefit from these services. Outpatient therapy. Outpatient rehabilitation programs involve working with a psychotherapist or other mental health provider and attending sessions on a consistent basis. Support groups. A person can or may be able to find local or online support groups to connect with others with marijuana use disorder. Tips for quitting. Withdrawal symptoms are different for everyone. They also vary in severity based on the length of time a person has used marijuana. While withdrawal symptoms can be uncomfortable, they are not usually dangerous in comparison with withdrawal from alcohol or opioids, which can be life-threatening. For a person who uses marijuana daily, slowly reducing might make quitting easier. If a person only occasionally uses marijuana, 
they might be able to stop altogether. If a person is ready to quit marijuana, they should make sure to take care of their body during the peak withdrawal period within the first week. Try to ease the symptoms of marijuana withdrawal using the following methods. Eat a healthful diet that contains plenty of fruits and vegetables. Sugar and junk food can make a person feel worse. Drink plenty of water to stay hydrated. Caffeinated beverages might make symptoms worse. Get plenty of sleep to allow the body to rest. Try to get some exercise each day to stay active. Get support from family and friends for motivation and accountability. Though specialists currently consider them to be off-label uses, the National Institute on Drug Abuse says that certain medications may help with the symptoms of marijuana withdrawal. Such medications include those that people use for sleep disorders or anxiety. The negative effects of marijuana. According to the CDC, research has linked marijuana use with numerous negative health consequences. These include memory problems, an increased risk of strokes and heart attacks, lung disease from marijuana smoke, and mental health symptoms such as those related to anxiety and paranoia. The National Institute on Drug Abuse state that there is substantial evidence in both animal and human studies that marijuana exposure earlier in life can result in cognitive impairments such as problems with memory, learning, and altered reward systems in the brain. So there you have it. That's, that's it in a nutshell. Drugs. Drugs. And they want to legalize them. They want to legalize them. The maniac here in Albany thinks it's a great idea. But they're already spawning cottage industries off of it. And I'm going to tell you something. Now, somebody brought this up to my attention. Whether it's true or not, I don't know. It might just be a conspiracy theory. But it was something to think about. If you're a gun owner and you start using marijuana. Now, if you're a gun owner and you use drugs, you can't own a gun anymore. If you're a gun owner and you quit using drugs, but you go for mental health to, to stop using drugs, you can't own a gun anymore because you can't have a history of psychiatric problems. So could this be a way for the government to grab guns? Who knows? And here's the other thing. There's no way of telling how, how stoned the person is. God forbid there's an accident. I don't know. I don't agree with it. I don't like being around people that are stoned. I don't like being around people that are smoking pot. I think pot is a drug that it shouldn't be legalized. That's my thought. Anyhow, join me on Tuesday next week because I'm going to give you an apple slice, a little slice of the apple, because I have another study here. I just don't have the time to go into it today. And it's going to be, it's a study that tells you how long can you detect marijuana in the body? That's an interesting study. There's always been a lot of different ideas about how long it stays in your body. Some people say it stays in forever. Some people say it goes away right away. You'll be surprised how long it stays in your body. Anyhow, thank you very much for stopping by today. I really appreciate it. And I want to remind you, remember this, my friends, things can always be worse. No matter what, things can always be worse. And right now, there's somebody striving, trying to be where you're at. Okay, my my friends, have a great weekend. Have a great next week. I'll talk to you on Tuesday. This is Jimmy Apple, and you're listening to An Apple a Day. Take care, my friends. Thanks for listening to An Apple a Day with Jimmy Apple, your gateway to a happy, healthy life. Join our community at www.famousapple.com. 
See you next time.